slow. So I've been looking at geometry, basic two-dimensional geometric shapes. So you got a triangle, a circle and a square. They are the most basic that you can get, right? So I've been doing... I've been looking at light. The last discussion I did was the appropriate response which was a turn of phrase because energetically the colours don't align with the response that is required. Red is... Red is the first colour that you see but it's a low energy. It's low... It's, It's a low frequency, but it's the first call you see, which is why it's used to capture your attention. Warnings and things like that, hazards. Blue, on the other hand, is faster color. Shorter wavelength, but it's used in more informational type conveying information so maybe lots of words and things like that things that don't need to be acted upon so red is low energy but it commands a high energy response because it demands that you do something right now whereas blue doesn't really require that you do anything So it's a low energy response. So that all kind of made sense. That it is all inverted. You see the light come through the prism, you see the red at the top. The red's the, red's the first color that you see. But that could be that could just be an illusion it's not an illusion in how your brain works because you are reacting you're reacting to the red first because when you see a sign or when you see a red light you stop It's not something you have to be trained to do, right? It's just kind of inherent. Inherent. It represents a threat, right? So then I was like, how, how do these geometric shapes fit into it? Why have certain shapes been used for certain types of information? Or certain types of energy containing certain types of energy that's what it is right 
so here's what what I went through so you've got the square and the square is limited because it's limited to the information that's contained within it it may have a border around it but the information that's contained within it is the information it's limited then you move to a circle and the circle is more about observation it's a lens So a circle is more about observing things and doing things. If it's red, it's telling you to do something, observe something now. So it could be your speed. It could be telling you to stop. Whereas if it's blue, it could just be telling you which side of the road to to drive your vehicle on although I think they, they may tend to use squares with blue inside and arrows for that kind of um, for that kind of stuff so I know there was a shop I went past and they had these two square signs at the entrance and exit of the car park. One said in, in white writing, that had a blue background. It was a square. And the other had exit in right, white writing with blue background. It's just information. It's not telling you to do anything. It's giving you information about what those two passages into the car park are for what they mean now circles are always used to observe something observe your speed so in the UK you'll get to you get to maybe a country road or something or onto the motorway, a highway, and you'll see a sign. It'll be a white circle with a black diagonal line through it, going from right to left. And that's supposed to indicate national speed limit, which is... which is telling you is observing it's only to observe the national speed limit and it's based on the condition of the road that you're on so typically it's 60 on a single carriageway so I one lane going each way if it's a dual carriageway it could be up to 70 so those 
those circles denote an observation. Things that should be observed. So I'm trying to think of um, trying to think of the other sign I saw. Maybe I'll see another example. So the triangle. The triangle typically tells you of hazards. Things that are not always observed. Like on some roads in the UK they'll have um, a red triangle with a white inner and it just says flood in black and white and it just means that the flood uh, sorry the road may or may not flood it's not always observable it's based on conditions so these signs kind of derive meaning from what I've found out or the process I've been going through because I start I kind of started just from zero I didn't really latch on to any preconceived notions of anything tried to start from nothing and just what I could observe So, the good news is the sun's back out. It's quite warm. And it's not raining. And it's dried up quite quick, so that puddle I saw this morning is probably gone. Right, so these geometric shapes. So, I wanted to see why they were using them in road signs. How would they... It's not something that would have been immediately known. Let's use squares for just information. It would have been a process of... trying things... in order to gauge behaviour. Because that's what the signs are all about, it's just behaviour. Specifically the circle and the triangle signs and the red and the blue oh sorry specifically the red because they just want you to do something right there and then or to observe something or to be aware of something okay so I started to look at the shapes and I was like, okay, so what do these look like? So the square, the square is limited. Anything that's inside it is limited by that shape. You can say the same of the circle and the triangle, but when you consider the meaning of those shapes, it's slightly different. And in astrology, you've got 
you got the planets that represent certain shapes. The cube of Saturn. And Saturn rules limitations. Challenges and limitations. The circle could represent the sun. And the triangle could represent the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the higher mind, the... Maybe the Jupiter, Uranus, and Neptune. But anyway, that that's just that is just purely speculating. That's not something I've I've looked into. I only know that Saturn is typically is typically what people um, associate limitations with. So. So I looked at each shape and I was like, okay, so what, what are these? What are these? So a circle is like a lens. It's the shape of a lens. You could say it's the shape of the sky. If you note the, the path of the sun and the moon, you could denote that. Uh, the triangle, the shape of the prism. Now I might be like, where do you get the prism from? Because it's not something that you can see. It's not, it's not a thing. Thank you. But it is, it, it's a thing that's been, um, that's been built and represented by different civilizations. I think that's what they were trying to denote with the pyramids. They were trying to show that that is... Well, maybe they weren't specifically trying to show in terms of light. But if you look at the, if you look at the way that the pyramids are structured, where they have two chambers, the king's chamber and the queen's chamber, and they have these shafts. I think there's four, four in total, two at each side, two at each side of the chamber, and. This is this is where the the prism part comes in because they've aligned the pyramids with something something that is emitting energy. That energy passes down the shafts, the square shafts, which will likely be of a certain width. in order to resonate the correct frequency to limit the frequency so then that passes down 
that passes down into the chamber and then whatever is supposed to be observed is observed the center of the prism is where the chambers are and you have the two the two shafts on the left and then there's two on the right so if you're looking at it face on and I can't really get into too much detail on it because I really haven't gone into detail on it I literally just looked at what was what these basic shapes could represent how we see them every day and how we associate them with things without really thinking about it so they've obviously had some some importance to previous civilizations that they would build pyramids almost as if the the intention was to build some sort of radio telescope I'm not saying that they wanted to see stars or planets or galaxies I don't think they really would have been concerned about that I think it's more the frequency that's been emitted is what they were encapsulating and there's a piece of video footage I saw I can't remember who it was it was on YouTube maybe about a year and a half two years ago and it was a guy and a girl went I can't even remember which pyramid it was but they went into one part of it I think they came down one of the shafts and then they went into this part and it was like a sound room it was resonating in a certain way so that that kind of draws into my thinking that they were trying to encapsulate the frequency from these planets or stars whatever they thought it would offer but perhaps it was some sort of ritual for for making a king and queen I don't know I think one of the stars that they used was Sirius or rather one of the stars that it, one of the shafts was aligned with the Giza pyramid was Sirius so I don't know maybe maybe it was just some sort of sound room meditation 
maybe it was something that allowed them to connect connect on different levels through a form of meditation using the frequency of the planets or the stars in order to attain that maybe that's what they would call speaking to the gods but I think um, having it as a desk a chamber for for bodies for dead bodies and and having these alignments these perfect alignments with with certain stars and planets doesn't make any sense there would have to be some sort of uh, religious meaning for doing that like if it was if it was to do with death or something why wouldn't they align it with the moon they mummified them they wrapped them right to preserve them so why wouldn't they align these chambers with the moon because the moon preserves right it's not like the sun it's not it's not decaying too much sun exposure will decay you decay you quicker you look uh, old and wrinkly but also if you stay in the water too long you'll get all wrinkly get wrinkly fingers yeah it doesn't make any sense why make these massive huge buildings just to bury somebody in and then nobody knows nobody alive today really knows why they're there it didn't really serve the purpose of um, celebrating their reign as a king or queen, does it? Because the whole meaning of the the place, of the building, of the if it was supposed to be some sort of cemetery, it kind of died with the civilization. So I think it was more some sort of radio telescope but they were using it just to channel the frequencies of those planets or stars in order to use it for some kind of ritual, maybe meditation. But I think um, what it shows is They used a prism. Uh, I mean, no matter what, what, whatever you think it was used for, it's a prism. It's a, it's a pyramid. It's a prism. It is channeling the frequency of those planets or stars still. Or maybe it's not. Maybe something's changed in the internal structure or the outer structure. I'm sure it's been blocked up. Um... It was used to channel the frequency. That's what a prism does. That's why you see visible light, because it channels that frequency, that, vis- that frequency of visible light. So the prismids. <laughs> and so it's, uh, was it a hazard or a warning? 
Maybe that's what it was used for. Maybe it was some sort of warning system. Maybe they tuned in to a meditation on those frequencies and they could sense changes or something. Maybe it aligned them better with the earth. Don't know, that's all just pure speculation. But the prism, the prismid, the pyramid was aligned to channel the frequencies. It wasn't to stand inside the pyramid and look up at the stars and just look at those specific stars because if you're dead why do you need to have these channels created just so you can see the stars you're dead it makes no sense so it's more likely channeling devices for frequencies that they recognised as being something of interest let's just call it that And given that the triangle is the unknown, it's something that can't always be observed, like the flood, the flood warning sign. It can't always be observed. If it could always be observed, it would be in a circle, meaning it's like it's constantly flooded. It's never not going to be flooded. So the triangle gives you a hint that it's something that isn't always observed and you can't always observe those frequencies in the pyramid perhaps it's only at particular times of the year or particular times of the day maybe depending on what depending on what it's aligned to I'll probably say it's it's aligned at dif- for different times of the year because Sirius is more more prominent in the summertime in July, right? So So the circle I think with the circle and the the circle and the square that's might that might be where you get the the globe and the flat earth. And that's why both points can be argued because both are technically true. But both are not completely accurate. And when I say completely accurate, I mean from perspective, from the observer's perspective. You can't observe it like that. Now you could walk around in a circle. You could you could go spin around in a circle. You could walk around in a square. Or you could build a house. And each room in your house is a separate square. And each room is limited by the amount of space that's within it. And it's limited by the walls that you put up.
salt. I mean the circle it kind of I don't know it kind of reminds me of just perpetual motion like if you imagine if you just kicked the ball down a hill it would just keep going and going and going until something stops it it's not limited it's only limited by the conditions around it the same with this car tyre if you rolled it down a hill it's going to keep going until something stops it it's the conditions around it it's not the shape the shape of it is, is is probably as free as it could be. It can just roll. If you did the same thing with a square or a triangle, it's not really built for that. It's not built to be perpetual motion. It's not built to be free like that. So you could say that the circle is, in a to a degree, represents the human. But I would say that the human is inside the square. And the square and the circle are inside the triangle. Because like I've said, the triangle represents the prism. The prism represents the splitting of the light and the limitation in that light, limitation in that frequency which is then cast into the square, the limitation. And the human, the circle, appears in that limitation, inside that spectrum of light, inside that frequency of light, that band. So, that's my thoughts so far on all that. I don't really think don't really think too much about it it's more just draw up the basic shapes what do each of the basic shapes look like what's the internal structure of a pyramid and then you can kind of take it from there and, and based on what I've been speaking about with Frequency, visible light, continuous energy. It all kind of makes sense. I guess some people might say, well, it makes sense, but it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, it doesn't make it true. Is the observer. Someone's going to think it's false. Someone's going to think it's true. Some might be in the middle. They might say, I can understand parts of it, I can't understand all of it. It's just all based on the condition of the observer. It depends on uh, existing beliefs, limitations, you know, a dissonance, cognitive dissonance. You could have limitations imposed on you from education or parents or, or whatever, just your observation, your experience. But I think it makes things easier to to look at and explain in terms of frequency as opposed to the physicality. 
because when you try to explain the physicality of something you have to reverse engineer it you have to go through the process of how it became in the form it's in when that doesn't that isn't really the point of what you're doing you don't want to understand the process of how it came together because why would you need to know that if you want to create something it's better to it's better to discover it or rediscover it in terms of if you knew, if you understand frequency then you'll get to that point you can apply it to almost anything what it really is when you try and reverse engineer something is you don't understand you don't you're not on the you're not on the right wavelength it's like you like trying to open up a can of beans with a hammer you have to have the right understanding of what you're dealing with in order to, to select the appropriate tool but if you consider that frequency governs pretty much everything you wouldn't see the can of beans without frequency without light without white light without the prism So you start from the lowest common denominator and you probably get to that point quicker. Probably realise, well, this hammer could just smash the whole thing open. I actually just need a can opener. And it's more harmonious that way. It's less resistance. If you reverse engineering, you're going to have a lot of resistance. Because there may be things put in place to make it, um, to throw you off track. If you think about the people that reverse engineer video games consoles, there'll be, or there are, there are systems on the, or systems within the games consoles that the manufacturers put in there in order to prevent people from reverse engineering them. But at the end of the day, the person's always going to be able to reverse engineer it. It's just going to take more time. So it's, it's a case of expending more energy. You expend more energy, you encounter more resistance. Whereas if you take the path of least resistance, you get the quicker. You expend less energy. So I think that's it. I think I managed to hold that quite well with not too many distractions today. So I'll quit whilst the going is good. So the pyramid, the prism, the triangle, the warning, the thing that is not always observed, 
but it is possible such as the flood warning that it could possibly flood but it's not always flooded the circle which is the lens which is the observation the thing that you'll need to watch like watching your speed and the the square the limitation the information contained in there is limited information and you put all three together and you get you get the pyramid not the pyramid, the triangle yeah this is where I'm going to stop it up isn't it give me a sec Okay, so you got the triangle, which is the prism, which is where the light enters into, splits it up in frequency, uh, splits it up, splits out a certain frequency of light. So now you can see it. Now that that light is limited in that frequency. That light is limited. Thank you. That. Um, that's not limited, so that's in the square. So the square is inside the triangle. And then you've got the observer, the human, inside the square. Inside the house. Limited. Limited by the prism. The prism in the mind. And, yeah, we'll leave it there. So the pyramid, I believe it was some sort of radio telescope device for channeling specific frequencies of planets or stars for some ritual or meditation type um, something to do with meditation or rituals channeling something observing something or looking for things that can't be observed yet which is what the triangle is right when you see a road sign like that that says flood you don't always observe it so maybe that is what the triangle represents that it's about trying to see what might come so anyway, hope you've had a good day and I'll catch you later.